0: Well, it is a uh, joy for me to be able to welcome my, my friend, uh, Pastor Claude White, to our, our pulpit this morning. Uh, pastor Claude, as was already mentioned, is the, the pastor at Grace Baptist in Peoria, and he's been the pastor there since 2014. Uh, he's a graduate of Trinity International and a Lincoln Christian Seminary, and he's currently pursuing a PhD at, at Midwestern Baptist. So he is a smart guy, and I appreciate <laughs> him letting me hang around with Hang around with him. Always enjoy my conversations with him. Uh, Just a a dear, dear brother. He serves as a lecturer with the Church Missions Division for the National Baptist Congress of Christian Education Auxiliary, the National Baptist Convention. He's a moderator of the Central Baptist District Association, and uh, he really lives out the gospel in some amazing ways. I appreciate him, and just in his personal life, he has three children. And as some of you may have known, as we prayed for him, as his wife Renee passed away last year. And i've just had the opportunity to see him model trust in the lord and love for the lord in the midst of grief and i've been able to, to learn a lot from him in just many different areas and so just a, a joy I, I got to know him through the the Soul of five local pastors group first we've had some some lunches together and there's just so many things uh about him that i appreciate he's a strong preacher he loves god's word He is uh, serious about worship and preaching. That I think you're going to see that this morning as he opens God's word to us. And so, if you just join me in welcoming Pastor Claude to our pulpit this morning.
1: Oh man, please! I've never had that kind of applause, man. I didn't want to just stop. Forgive me, Lord certainly um, giving reverence to God uh, to this illustrious pastor, um, Pastor Bennett, to his family, uh, to each of you, my brothers and sisters, I'm excited to be here today uh, to share my convictions of Christ. I want to uh, thank you uh, for allowing me this opportunity and thank uh, Pastor Bennett for being such a great friend uh, and brother uh, in whom I am Grateful for, um, I'm thankful for one of my trustees um, driving me here. They don't trust me driving, so you know. <laughs> I want to make sure I come back to Grace. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, brother uh, Troy Burns, so thank God for him for that. Look, I want to get right into the Word of God uh, this morning. <clears throat> I know you you all are not suffering. For any preaching, where you have one of the better pastors uh, in this area and probably in this country. So we think. Uh, so I'm just going to do my little speech and uh, and get out of your way. Is that all right? <laughs> all right. First uh, Thessalonians chapter two. 1 Thessalonians chapter two. Um, I'm reading verses nine on to, I believe, verse 12. I'm reading from the ESV. I'll be reading from the ESV. For you remember, brothers, our labor and toil, we worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you. While we proclaim to you the gospel of God you are witnesses and God also how holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct toward you believers for you know how like a father with his children we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you To walk in a manner worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. For a few moments, talk about kingdom standards, kingdom standards. Uh, Rewards, achievements, and success in our lives are not always easily obtained. We've got to put in the time and the energy to make what needs to happen, happen. Sometimes doing our best just is not good enough. Truth be told, uh, sometimes doing our best just ain't working. Um, Sometimes we have to endure some pain. Hurt, headache, heartbreak, frustration, tragedy, and yes, my dears, suffering. This is what Paul finds himself writing to this church located in Thessalonica. Paul seeks to describe to them what it takes to live according to the standards of God when surrounded by frustration temptations, and persecution. See, the Thessalon- uh, Thessalonian church was not a bad church. In fact, they were a great church. They were a pretty good church. They were a they were church on the move. They were, they were a dynamic church. Look, y'all, they were just bad. They were nice. <laughs> they were a good group of people. Um, They were supporting Paul and heeding to the teachings of the Word of God. Um, They were an exemplary church located in a place filled with idolaters and criminals and murderers and pagans. They were a good church in the middle of a bad situation. Um, So Paul writes, to encourage them to keep going and to trust God. Paul encourages them to persevere, uh, to hold on, and to keep trusting God. He uses his own life, his own self, his own predicament as an example of how to do that. Probably One of the dominant thoughts of this passage that jumps out is that when we persevere while serving Christ, the kingdom of God will benefit. Did you hear that? When we persevere while serving Christ, the kingdom of God benefits, not just us, but the kingdom. I want us to leave this place with a heart that's fortified and determined to keep going and living up to the standards that God has for us. I want us to serve our church. I want us to uh, serve the kingdom in a way that benefits the kingdom. So often, I mean, just think about that for a moment. So often, just be honest, so often we think about, how can I benefit me? Or how is this going to make me better? How is this going to make me look good? And sometimes we say, we we, want to broaden it, and we say things like, well, how can I make my church better? Paul was really aiming at them understanding that what we do and how we live is to benefit the kingdom. And the kingdom encompasses not just me, but everybody who's a part of the kingdom, and also not just my church, but every church uh, that's joined together, assembled to recognize God as the one and only God kingdom. So Paul demonstrates What I'd like to say are three ways Christians maintain kingdom standards while persevering life's challenge. The first is proclaim the gospel. Uh, You you might not want to read the Bible too fast, you might miss something. Right there in verse 9, it says, For you remember, brothers, our labor and toil. We work night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you while we proclaim to you the gospel of God." Again, Paul is using himself and his friends, those who are working with him alongside of him uh, to demonstrate uh, how uh, we should proclaim the gospel. Paul uses himself. And his co laborers, Timothy, uh, as this example of what it means to keep going when it benefits the kingdom. He says, uh, he says that they wanted so much for the Thessalonians to receive the gospel that they labored and they toiled. They labored, worked, they labored, uh, um, um, struggled, and toiled. They work day and night. Some commentators believe that Paul is speaking of his job as a tent maker. Um, They suggest that uh, the suggestion is that he worked his job and then he later preached the gospel. And others say that perhaps Paul is speaking of the persecution and the revival he faced by others. But, but, But I believe, Claude believes. Uh, that perhaps he's speaking um, of both of them. Uh, Perhaps he's speaking of them both because um, the truth be told, persecution and and hurt and pain and struggles and trouble don't just show up on your job. Uh, Sometimes it shows up in your house. I thought I heard somebody say amen. There are moments that it shows up, you know, in your circle of friends. It might even show up to you at Kroger's or Hy-Vee, Schnook's. Where y'all shop? (laughs) So, 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 so we can't just, uh, so, so I I believe that perhaps Paul is just talking about laboring and toil and, you know, not just on his job, but also in life. Because persecution didn't just happen On his job, it happened while he was out trying to preach, and it didn't just happen while he's preaching. But but that's me. Uh, but but I believe that 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 he's speaking of both situations, and and because the, the truth of the matter is, is that Paul is showing his love for his church and his willingness to persevere through hardship, so that the gospel be proclaimed." Ultimately, look look what he said. He said, while we proclaimed to you the gospel of God, he says, look, some stuff was happening. Life was difficult. Life was hard. I'll try not to get above 90 decibels. It 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 it, it was tough, but guess what? We preached the gospel to you. We worked day and night. We were burdened, but while we thank you for the amen. All right, there we go. I, I knew it had. While we proclaimed to you the gospel, life was still happening. I'm belaboring this point because I want us to see this. Paul is saying nothing hindered us from preaching the gospel. W- 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 the, the gospel became the main thing. Yeah, I had to go to work. Yes, I had to deal with life. I had to deal with life situations. I had stuff going on. Stuff happened. People didn't like me, people did things to me, but we proclaimed the gospel. Isn't that interesting? Paul is saying that his job didn't get in the way. Nothing got in the way of him proclaiming the gospel. uh, Paul even, uh, with with, with personal struggles and difficulties, was determined to share the, the gospel. Paul made the gospel the priority and the focus. Um, Charles Hodges, uh, the 19th century theologian, says, the gospel is God's message of mercy to humanity. It contains an exhibition of the plan and the only plan of salvation. It sets forth the person. The work, the offices of Christ, and urges all to whom it comes to accept Christ as their God and Savior and to devote themselves to his worship and service. And it assures those who do so that they shall never perish, but shall have eternal life. In one sense, it is everyone's duty. Provided he or she has received the knowledge of the gospel, to preach it, to make it known to others. The commission and command that God, watch this, that Jesus gives is go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It's given not only to the apostles exclusively, but to the whole church and all its members. Every member has the right and obligation to make. Known this great salvation to his fellow humans. I know that was a long quote, but he did tell you I'm a PhD student. So, you know, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> Look, if you're not proclaiming the gospel, you're living below kingdom standards. I want that to sink in for a moment. If you're not telling somebody about Jesus, you're not living up to the standard. We are all obligated to spread the gospel. Nothing should hinder you and me from fulfilling this purpose. Do not be distracted, overwhelmed, hindered, or disrupted by life. We must live by the standard. Our lives must be more than cell phones, social media profiles, and wokeness. Tell people about Jesus. You want to counsel something? Counsel sinners. Tell the folk about Jesus. Want to counsel some? Counsel sin! (laughs) Telling folk about Jesus. To share the gospel is our charge. We must must not neglect this obligation. I I know we have our aspirations, our ambitions, our career paths, and, 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 and many other things that are important, but proclaiming the gospel mustn't be put on the back burner. Share the Word with your neighbor! Share the Word on your job. No, I'm not trying to get anybody fired. Share the Word in your home. Do it at all costs. Persevere. Proclaim the gospel. We are living in a time when when many are apathetic to the Word of God, but we must persevere. We must spread the Word that Jesus died for our sins, those of us who believe, you know, I'm I'm sorry, I, I just get excited when I just think about that. He died for me, of all people, me, with all the stuff I've done, all the things I've done in my, he died for me. And we ought to be so excited about that. And we want to get everybody in heaven. We, ought, we want all want everybody to know who Jesus is. I've been there too long. Here's the next thing. Paul challenges us to persevere. He challenges us to persevere in spiritual maturity, to mature spiritually. Again, don't read the Bible too fast, you might miss something. Verse 10, he says, You are witnesses, and God also. How holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct toward you believers. Paul continues to express that what, what what he contends doing God's will. Paul reminds the church of the hateful and hurtful moments he endured while he preached the gospel. This is what he's alluding to. Uh, Paul explains uh, that the hurt and the hate (coughs) will not hinder him from being what Christ called him to be. He refused to be anything other than A Christian. Now, now this is saying a lot for Paul. I mean, he's really he's really exemplifying someone who has changed, not just his mind, but his whole lifestyle. Here's a guy uh, who, who before he met Jesus, didn't like Jesus at all. Didn't like anything about Jesus. Didn't like Jesus' friends. Didn't like Jesus. Folks, didn't like nobody to call Jesus' name. Matter of fact, he didn't like him so much that he went around dragging people out of churches and doing all he could to hurt because of their association, affiliation with Christ. So this is saying a lot for Paul. Paul is saying, look, we're enduring some stuff for the name of jesus (laughs) jesus <laughs> well I, mean, I wish you felt it like i feel it right now i mean this guy is changed he has he has matured spiritually he, as a matter of fact since we already know that he's got a guy or you know that 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 had no problem saying how he felt or felt or, or or had no problem dragging people up, i'm certain uh, that, that that he he must have grown because when it was turned back on him, Paul says, how holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct. Paul says, I ain't cussed nobody out. I didn't retaliate. we didn't we didn't put we didn't put hands on people. We didn't clap back. We just preached the gospel. And we lived maturely spiritually. And 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 watch this. Paul, Paul, Paul explained. He said, this is why we did it. And, and this is why it's imperative that you live this way. Uh, he said. He says, watch, watch what the text says. He says, you are witnesses watch this, and God also. He said, because God is watching me. I'm sure, you know, that, see, being the smarter than I am, Paul had written this to me. I would say, wouldn't God watching you when you was persecuting the church too, Paul? Paul said, I'm, I'm sure... His response may, may have been something like, you know, that looked though, this ain't the Bible. This is me. This is, uh, Paul may have said, Yeah, he was watching me then, Claude, but then I didn't know him like I know him. And since I know him like I know him, that's a new me that's involved in this life. So, you see it? Do you see that? He says, I did it. We did it. Because you are witnesses. We did it so that you can grow. We did it so you would know what it looked like. Look, yes, you can make it. Even under persecution, even under affliction. Yes, you're gonna have it. But God is watching. God's a witness. You see that? Paul wants church recognized that they were walking before God. Not only you see me, but God sees me. Paul's example is that of what I've already explained, spiritual maturity. And look, as we endure life as believers, there must be evidence of our trust and dependence upon God. See, the spiritually mature realize the need. To represent God, even when life does not give its best. It would do well for us all to live like we know God witnesses our actions. It would do well for us all to live like God is really watching us. I mean, I know we say it, but do we really believe it? Okay, all right, y'all don't like me no more. Let me... (laughs) We've we've all been driving down a highway and and noticed bright orange signs that state beginning construction and then end construction. And one thing about these signs is that they tend to remain around a long after... (laughs) The construction work is over. <laughs> you, you, you've been down those streets. With me. Okay, okay, you. Are. If one of us were to announce that, you know, for the time being, God's construction in our lives was, was going to be halted, would our friends say, I didn't know that any construction was going on? If we were to say, God's God's no longer constructed, I mean, he's in his construction. Would people say, I didn't know that he was working on you? If, If we have the testimony that on our jobs that people say to us, well, I didn't know you went to church. I didn't know you were a believer. Do your friends know that you are a believer? What circle do you have, circles do you have that don't know your relationship with God? See, God doesn't miss what we say and and how we say it. that miss what we do and what we do to others. God sees all. And guess what? Other people witness it too. Can you say what Paul says? Can you say that God is a witness of how holy and righteous and blameless my conduct is towards others? Do you have to say, God is a witness of how much I mistreat others, how much I mislead others. God witnesses me looking down on other people, or God witnesses me acting mean and cold-hearted towards others. Look, life is not always fun. It's not always fair. But the good thing is that as believers, we serve a God who's always watching. He's always watching us. He's always watching us. So so, so he, here Paul says, look, we got to live in a way. He's, he's used his life and his friend's life as, as motivation to be spiritually mature. Be a Christian at all times. Persevere. I know it's tough. Look, maybe you guys don't have this problem, but I, but I have this problem where you know sometimes people get on my nerves. <laughs> you, you, you have. I mean, I mean, you, you have, you experienced that. And the, you know, and, and, and that's that that try to get on that very last nerve. <sighs> but we got to persevere. You gotta tough it out, baby. You, you, got, you got to really dig in. And be spiritually mature. You've got, you got to really, you've got to understand, you've got to be cognizant of your uh, of, of your conduct. You got to, you got to hold on. You got to trust that God can hold you. You got to trust that you're gonna be alright. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know you don't want to look crazy. I mean, you know, hey, you know, look, from my context, you know, one of the things that we, that, that we generally say with people, uh, you know, us or whatever, we may say something like, you know, they must not know who I am.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> people will not always treat you Right. You won't always get what you deserve at times. You'll feel like throwing your hands up. You'll feel like quitting. You'll feel like saying, hey, look, this, this Christianity thing, just be, look, let me just, come here, come, come here. It, look, look, let me just, it's going to be all right. Persevere. Dig in. Let the Spirit Look, look. Ephesians 6.10 says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Ephesians 5 and 18 says, and do not get drunk with wine, for it is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Galatians 5.25 says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. We can do it! You can do it. Look, here's the last thing. I, 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 I apologize. I hope I didn't go over time. Here's the last thing. I'm, I'm going to run through, through it. You can't get, can I get five more minutes? Can I get five more minutes? J- just raise your hand if I get five more minutes. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. <laughs> I like you guys.
0: <laughs>
1: Look. Here's the the last thing. (laughs) Don't be mad at me, then. (laughs) (laughs) Look, verses 11 and 12 say this. For you know how, like a father with his children, in verse 12, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you to his own kingdom and glory. That's just about preaching itself. Uh, But since I'm here. (laughs) Paul tells the church in this letter that he and his team desired the best for them. And so they invested their time discipling the church to ensure their lives reflected Christ. And, that's, and that, that, that's, what, that's what Paul is saying. Here's another standard. Disciple others. Disciple others. Mature spiritually. Proclaim the gospel, but disciple others. And so, Paul says, we instructed you. We pushed you. We directed you to walk in a way that pleases God. Paul says, we did it like a father does his children. And how do fathers do it? With love, but also with with hovering guidance. Not not smothering, but, but, but guidance that instructs and then that says, keep going. I really want you to win. So, Paul understood his responsibility as a leader. He understood his responsibility as a Christian, as a believer. Paul knew that he was required to disciple other people. If those uh, he discipled would be successful on his Christian journey, he understood that, watch this, that he had to pour into some other people. And so he makes certain, he said, look, this is what we did. We didn't didn't just tell you guys about the gospel and move on. We took a little time. So you can catch it and you can do the same thing for the next person. Look, let me just help you to understand uh, really quick. Discipling um, is the next step after proclaiming. Of course, you already know that. But 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 it's good to have a refresher isn't it you know we tell people about Jesus don't just leave them hanging hang with them and this is what paul is saying he says, "He says, I want to walk along with you in this on this journey. I want you to make it. We wanted you to make. We wanted you to be successful. And 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 the truth be told, we we want you to want others to be successful in their walk with Christ." A rehabilitation counselor took early retirement to spend the rest of his life preaching the gospel. An early. <clears throat> In his career, he found a young boy with several uh, birth defects. Uh, he arranged financial and medical help, skilled surgeons restored the child's facial appearance, trained therapists, taught him to speak and to walk. And uh, by his team, the boy was able to take part in uh, all the activities of other young people. And the question was asked by the counselor you think happened or became of this young man? And one that he, he must become a great athlete. Another said, a skilled surgeon. And the counselor responded, no, none of these. He was very sad as he stayed. He said, the, the young man is a, is a prisoner serving life sentence for murder. We were able to restore his physical features and his ability to walk and act. But we failed to teach him where to walk and how to act. I was successful in helping the boy physically, but I failed with him spiritually. See, the goal of Christians is to build the kingdom of God. We, we can only do so by discipling others. It, it's, it's, it's not enough just to give people what they need physically. It's not enough just to feed people physically. They need some spiritual intake, baby. It's not enough to clothe them. It needs some spiritual armor. It needs to be placed on, and that comes through discipling. This is a standard that cannot and must not be ignored. Intentionally become involved with those who are struggling in their walk with the Lord. Identify opportunities in your day to call and pray with people who are new to the walk. Encourage other people to stay on the path. You ought to be able to tell people, look, it's going to be all right. Been there, done that. Got the t-shirt. Look, y'all know. Uh, y'all, y'all don't. You all you all do not you do I feel so comfortable with you I just feel like I want to just talk, like I talk. You know, is it okay? Y'all know. <laughs> y'all know how it is when, you know, so when you when you first became a Christian, you were excited, and and you know, it seemed like the the more intense and the more attentive you became, and the more you wanted to get involved. It seemed like there's always something that popped up. You, know, you get this end nailed down and this. Pops up and something else happens and new struggles and new, you know, and and new things happen, and you you be, oh God, I wasn't going through all this before I got saved. Oh you you know how it is. Don't forget that feeling. Because new Christians have that same feeling, they have those same doubts, they have those same struggles. And so since they have those same struggles and those same doubts, guess what? You up next to help them through it. You want to be able to call them and say, look, I've been there, done that, got the T-shirt. You're going to be all right. You're going to make it. You're going to be everything God wants you to be. You want to know why? Because I'm walking with you. Be encouraged, my brother. Be encouraged! And so that's part of it. I'm saying be an encourager. We have enough bad stuff to face. People face bad stuff all week long. Every, every now and then, people need to hear it's going to get better. They need to hear that God is able. So who do you place your arm around? Who do you share the gospel with? Who do you share your convictions of Christ with? No, I don't. I don't mean in your one minute or two minute moments. I mean when you're spending time with people who need to know Jesus. And and and, and with with, with, with and, and and how to live as a disciple. Do do you show them? Who who are you? Discipling. Allow me to encourage you while I encourage myself. It's not always going to be easy. Standards are high, and we want them high. The standards are immovable, and we want them immovable. The standards are real. We want them real. Stuff is going to happen. Jesus said in John sixteen thirty three. In this world, you're going to have tribulation. But, I tell the people that I pastor, um, anywhere in the Bible you see where it says, be of good cheer, that means shout right there. But be of good cheer. I've overcome. Look, look, you're not alone. The standards are attainable. You can make it. Look, while I encourage myself, it's not always going to be easy. But that's okay. We have a God who will bring us through. Andre Crouch, um, I want you to, if you don't mind, go to YouTube. Not now. (laughs) But go go home and look up Andre Crouch. Um, Songwriter from the 70s and 80s. He wrote a song, and and for those baby boomers who don't know how to do it, get a Gen Z; they'll help you. <laughs> <laughs> he sang a song long ago. Where's go? I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had questions for tomorrow. There has been time. I didn't know how. I didn't know right from wrong but in every situation God gave me blessed consolation that my trials come to only make me strong. Through it all through it all I've learned to trust in Jesus I've learned to trust in God. Through it all Through it all, I've learned to depend upon his words. I've been in lots of places. I've seen lots of faces. There's been times I felt so alone. But in my lonely hours, yes, those precious lonely hours, Jesus lets me know that I was his own. Through it all, say that, through it all. Through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Bless you.